0: So the title, uh, the the image that I saw on Instagram, it looks like some leaves of some Mm -hmm. sort. And it says, scientists have taught spinach how to send emails. The technology could help warn us about climate change and environmental pollution. You're listening to the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Hey, this is Nika Monford, a.k.a. Tech Savvy Diva.
1: Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech.
0: And you're listening and or watching The Snob OS Show. The show where we talk all things Apple and then some. Welcome back. Welcome back to a new week of The Snob OS Show. We want to thank our Patreons for um, tuning in to our Snobbish Show, which is our live pre-show. If you want to get in on the extra content, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Um, For as little as $5 a month, you'll get access to our pre-show um, content, our uh, live, sh- live recording of the show, as well as to um, access to our community forum. All right, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the show. We will start with the lowdown where we talk all things Apple. All right, so the first thing up on the docket, um, as we all are aware of the the COVID um, vaccine rollout, it started off really slow with the previous administration. It's starting to pick up with the new administration with them trying to Figure out how to get everybody vaccinated. In the meantime, there are people who are actually getting vaccinated, and everyone wants to, of course, have a, a systematic way to keep up with their vaccinations. So there are different apps that are allowing the um, your your um, your vaccination Oof. record. To right. be um, via app, they're sending that information via app. You can, in some instances, the apps are allowing you to add it to your Apple Wallet. But um, with the influx of apps that are that are taking this route, Apple has decided that it is going to require apps that um, are providing this vaccination vaccination proof to be submitted by health authorities only. And this is to cut down and eliminate as much as possible fake documentation, because, you know, people will do it, especially people people when it comes when it. to travel and those types of things or having to go certain places or jobs or being out. People will falsify a document. So they will throw up a, an app to, you know, to get it on there. But um, what Apple has decided to do is to only allow um this information from health organizations, um, and apparently um, the the statement that Apple released um, that they shared with the de- with folks who are developing these apps. Um, the And I quote, with the recent release of COVID-19 vaccines, we've seen an increase in apps that generate health passes used to enter buildings and access in-person services based on testing and vaccination records. To ensure these apps responsibly handle sensitive data and provide reliable functionality, they must be submitted by developers working with entities recognized by public health authorities, such as test kit manufacturers, laboratories, or health providers. with As with other apps related to COVID-19, we also accept apps submitted directly by government, medical, and other credentialed institutions. So this is Apple's way of saying, You're not going to, you know, have us on the hook for, you know, distributing false information. We are only going to receive this information from um, certain health institutions that have been validated and or
1: verified. Right. I mean, it only makes sense. You know, people are going to figure out a way to gain any system. I can't think of any system on the face of this earth somebody has not figured out how to get around or usurp or take the information or falsify information. Mm-hmm. It happens everywhere. It happens. <laughs> it happens everywhere. Yep. So you can imagine, uh, Apple probably some sort of flag was raised that says, Hey, we've got a lot of apps Being submitted. that just hit the app store that are proving or claiming to be able to provide you know, credentialed vaccination, COVID-19 specific mm-hmm. vaccination information. And hey, let's before we before we get even further, let's go ahead and do this the right way, because it'd, it'd be it'd be much harder or it would look twice as bad mm-hmm. if we have to go back and do this after thousands, hundreds of thousands, you know, thousands yeah. of people who have, you know, however, gotten this little thing on their phone that says, hey, I've been vaccinated and that leads to a whole nother heap of trouble anyway. So I was like, look, the squash is right now and say only apps that can provide information from credentialed health authorities or the government. So, I mean, it makes, it sense. makes sense.
0: Yeah. And and since there is no national, I don't believe, um, way of documenting, you know, if you've had your vaccination, I've seen people, you know, get vaccinated at various parts of the country and they hold up their card that's been signed off. It. Looks like it could be easily photocopied photocopied (laughs) or, you know, get on Word and type something Mm -hmm. up real quick and print Mm it on some color paper and Mm -hmm. sign it. How are you going to validate that that signature is a licensed medical professional? Because I don't know if they're putting their medical license ID on there. I would doubt it because someone Mm -hmm. could take that and put it Mm -hmm. on other documents. So I, I think it's only smart, especially since... The government hasn't been able to get a handle on all of this. And I think we mentioned before, I think that the current administration thought there would have been something, you know, that they could have picked up and kept going with, but it seems like it was nothing. So they had to completely start from scratch. And that's from getting enough supply of the vaccine Uh first, rolling Uh it out, to Uh make sure that it gets to the people who need it, not just rich people because that was a thing. Uh And third, making sure that it's documented correctly and having a systematic way to ensure similar to your social security card or similar to your driver's license, a standardized document. Even though every state has a different driver's license, there are regulatory things. Um, But,
1: but But there's only one driver's license place per state. Now, you take that and compare that to COVID and uh, COVID vaccination, you get that anywhere. You can get it anywhere. And when I say anywhere, I mean there's no per state, per city, you know, organized, standardized way to take your COVID vaccination. We've seen stories to where, you know, I've, I've read at least two stories to where, you know, the vaccination was about to expire and, you know, instead of wasting, that batch you know i've seen doctors go door to door go car to car just to make sure that they don't waste it but if you're going door to door car to car that sounds less formalized less standardized less you know official right than actually going into a medical you know the cdc that we have here in atlanta or some big place where you would think they would go they're just they're putting these you know the nfl's over So, you know, the NFL and commissioner, they've said, well, you can use our stadiums as vaccination and COVID-19 testing places. So it's a lot everywhere. Everybody's trying to help out, but that means it's, you know, spread out everywhere. So the fact that they can, at the very least, you know, somebody like Apple come in and say, hey, we're big. We're going to, you know, put our foot down and say, here's how we are going to standardize COVID vaccinations. And then maybe other places will do the same. you know, Google Play will do it. you know, and then maybe more people will start to coordinate more you know pharmacies, more of these different smaller organizations will start to partner with these you know uh, the the public health authorities, test kit manufacturers, laboratories, and healthcare providers to make sure, hey, we've got these batch of people who are vaccinated, let's make sure we coordinate information with you all so when these people then can go, they can feel better about going out and say, hey, I've been vaccinated, here's my little app, or here's my little Apple wallet thing, and then two, you know, um, I I think if they do this correctly, it'll lead to doing this in other places Mm -hmm. like your driver's license. I don't have to carry my driver's license around. I can put it on in my Apple wallet. Mm -hmm. I don't have to carry, if I'm a you know, concealed weapon carrier, I don't have to carry that around. I can put it in my Apple wallet. I don't have to carry around my dental insurance or my medical insurance or my social security number or my birth certificate. If they've got a way you can standardize and elect, you know, to make it electronic because Apple, if Apple can do it, sure. The the state of Atlanta, you know, could standardize putting a driver's license on my app or on my phone. Mm -hmm. So this, hopefully this is a Beginning of you know bringing that digital wallet thing that I want so bad. <laughs> yeah, I
0: was about to say that's one of your uh, uh-huh. one of your things that you have on your uh, on your prediction list.
1: Uh huh. Yep, so all that to say, it's only right that they do it this way.
0: Yep, and I'm gonna go ahead and say, I don't know what happened, I wasn't looking, and the Framing of our images has gone awry. So for anybody who is watching this video, if you see the images moving around, getting bigger, getting smaller, that's just me trying to fix whatever (laughs) happened. I don't know what it's showing on your side of the
1: world. Well, I'm pretty sure it's a delay, but um, it looks good to me.
0: Yeah, it must be a delay because i can still i don't i don't know it's something weird going on and i don't know what it is because i right. see like uh like my desktop in the background and i don't know how that is Uh, I think it looks good. I'm looking
1: at the thing on YouTube, and it still looks fine. Again, I'll keep an eye on it. Okay,
0: yeah. Keep an eye to see if it (laughs) shifts, and you might see a little bit. Because I'm I'm looking at the the recording, and I see, like, you know, a part of my desktop behind it. And I don't know how that's even possible.
1: There. (laughs) Yeah. It's not.
0: (laughs) Okay, so maybe it's just the view that I'm seeing. That looks right. weird. But anyway, let's keep it moving. Um, right. um So Epic is back.
1: Oh, they are. Huh?
0: They <laughs> are back. So after they filed their antitrust complaint in the U.S., where they did their whole little video and whatnot, mm-hmm. they left the U.S. and then they went and filed a complaint in Australia and now they've made their way over to Europe, so they have filed their mm-hmm. antitrust lawsuit um, in Europe. So they aren't—they um, aren't giving up. They have the little, their little icon is in the traditional Apple, Apple tricolors. Colors. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, free Fortnite. You know, so. Um, Similar to what they did here in the US and um, I'm sure in Australia as well as, um, you know, complaining that the big bad Apple is, you know, ruining their business and hurting not only them, a big company, but they're hurting the little guy too. So they have now uh, brought the complaint um, to the EU. Um, and so, um, I guess I'll read the little blurb that they have on here. Um, Epic made the announcement today and quote, Epic Games today announced it has filed an antitrust complaint against Apple in the European Union, expanding the company's fight to advance fair digital platform practices for developers and consumers. The complaint filed with the European Commission's Directorate General for Competition alleges that through a series of carefully designed anti-competitive restrictions, Apple has not just harmed, um, but completely eliminated competition in app distribution and payment processing. Apple uses its control of the iOS ecosystem, which Apple owns, by the way, that's a little editorial there, to benefit itself while blocking competitors and its conduct is an abuse of a dominant position in the breach of EU competition law. So, um, as of now, the EU has not commented on the complaint, but, um, it's out there and Epic is, they're not giving up. They're gonna fight to the death, which I think at this point they kind of have to, because they've made such a big deal about it and, um, you know, done the whole public, um,
1: um, mm,
0: uh, out, uh, ball of the world words, they have this big PR campaign. So they kind of have to keep going, um, to not look like
1: suckers, so. Right. Well, um, I'm surprised it took them this long to get to the EU because the European Union in previous rulings against Microsoft, against Google, I think maybe even against Apple, um, the European Union has favored or not been in the favor of these major manufacturers, these big companies when it comes to antitrust uh, in the past. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking specifically, you know, Microsoft and Internet Explorer. It was coming pre European Union uh, ruled against them. They ruled against some uh, Google and some of the things like I mentioned before. The European Union is why we have all of these uh, the GDPR. And when you sign up for a newsletter, the, uh, the people who are collecting your information have to tell you specifically what they're going to do with it. And if you decide at any time you want to have your data completely removed or wiped, these companies these brands have to do so right so all of that came out of the European Union they have so the I'm strictest rules and regulations out of anybody exactly so i'm surprised uh, epic didn't go to them shortly after they got pushed back from you know united states or whatever because they may have uh, they may have better favor with the european union but we don't know yet cuz you know that the eu hasn't commented but of course the apple has commented and they said, I'll keep it short. Epic enabled a feature in its app, which was not reviewed or approved by Apple. And they did so with the express intent of violating app store guidelines that apply equally to every developer and protect customers this is Apple's quote, their reckless behavior made pawns of customers. And we look forward to making this clear to the European commission. Apple spokesperson said, so basically Apple is hitting back just as hard. Guns and blazing. Almost, right. And using the same or using a similar response as they're doing with Facebook, because Facebook is generally kind of doing the same thing. There's like. You know, uh, with Apple's new privacy laws, it's going to be bad for the small businesses. And these small businesses rely on Facebook ads to generate income. Mm -hmm. Apple is sticking it to the little guy. And Apple's like, no, no, no. Mm -mm -mm. Um, (laughs) What we're doing is we're actually protecting uh, our users against your spying (laughs) behinds. of course I'm making light of that, but basically what you're not gonna do is use the customers as pawns. So, you know, Apple is taking that same response, doing it and applying it to Epic by saying, okay, well Epic is just trying to start this whole, you know, how we do our thing with the thing that we own that our customers use willingly so what you're not about to do is change all that. So, right. you know, and you're not, and you're not about to use our customers as pawns as your reasoning for doing it, because that's not the reason why you're doing it. Right, You were just trying to keep more money for yourselves and you don't want to give us our cut. So you want to try to use all around the world. Mm -hmm. It's about how it's hurting customers when all actuality. It's about you. don't want to play the game. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And
0: the fact that this, I don't know if I had seen this before about them including this feature that wasn't um, reviewed or approved by Apple before they did it. So um, that shows, you know, some malicious intent there to do something that they know is wrong. But now Mm -hmm. when they peeped out your little game they're like nah this isn't gonna well, they, fly they, then you get mad
1: yeah yep apple called it bluff it's like do what you got to do and they were like oh well uh all right what happened <laughs> yeah, was yeah. You know. yeah
0: and one an yeah. article i didn't include um this week that i did see kind of along the same lines when you were talking about the tracking um there are some uh, marketers and advertisers saying that they're going to pull some of their art, uh marketing budget from apple and shifted over to Android because of the privacy features. Um, And it's, you know, the same thing. It hurts the, the little guy. and But I'm like, as a marketing firm, you're willing to shift your marketing budget over to a company that's less secure because in their words, Android users are less likely to care about being tracked. I'm like... In what world does that make sense? And if you do,
1: and, that's and if fine. it's true, and if it's true, that's messed up how you feel about your like about your users. customers, <laughs> and like you're willing to market to them. Ah, oh, they don't care about being
0: tracked. There's Let's go over there.
1: Right, that's crazy. <laughs> They're
0: stupid, you know. And I'm just like, but as I was reading it, I was like, Are you serious? Are these huge marketing firms really about to do this? I don't think they are. I think it was just a test of waters to kind of see what people would say, but if they do do that, that's hmm says a lot about those people, and I don't know if I would want my money to go to them anyway if they think that less of me but right. I digress <laughs> All right. The last thing that we have this week in the lowdown um is related to Apple pay. Apple pay now has started to support support. Bitcoin payments for the very first time. I remember when the whole idea of um, a Bitcoin came out, people were really skeptical. People was like, well, it's not real money, but is it real money? You have to have it in a certain wallet. It's digital. It's not physical, but I can spend it. It was a lot of concern around Bitcoin. But as we've seen, a lot of people have invested and are using Bitcoin. So Apple has finally, I guess, relinquished, you know, the hold on on that. And they are going to allow Apple um, Apple Pay users to make their payments um, in Bitcoin and other uh, crypto um, currency. I thought that was a pretty big shift. Yeah. Um, or for Apple?
1: Well, it's the money. Yeah. <laughs> more and more people are using Bitcoin. Uh, like you mentioned, I'm not invested in it at all because I can't wrap my head around it either. Yeah, the concept. You is... know, I, I, conceptually, I can see it, but practically, you know, I still, you know, I still can't wrap my head around it because there's all these different types of cryptocurrency. There's so many. There's like hundreds of them. So all these different you,
0: wallets, all these different processes. I'm like, I need to know where my money actually is.
1: And not just that, it's like if I am a company like Apple willing to either accept or uh use the type of payment as a method of payment, you know, what do we how do we how do we how do we, how do we make it work one way for all these hundreds of different mm-hmm. ways these types of payment you know right. how does it work one way i guess they figured it out with this bitpay um but the like they say the answer to what you were saying is this money you know i was reading a story and it says to put some numbers around this square which is the company that does uh, cash app and you know does a lot of point of sale stuff for you know newer brick and mortar places and electronics you know uh uh, uh virtual storefronts Mm -hmm. Um, square generates 1.6 billion a quarter in bitcoin related revenue on active install base that we estimate to be about the more or less 30 million dollar range apple's install base is 1.5 billion and even if we assume only 200 users would transact that is 6.66 times larger than square so basically they say oh wait a minute now it's money to be had (laughs) there's a lot of money so we about to figure this out yeah so all that to say now fast forward to now apple pay does uh uses this BitPay uh wallet app to then you can do uh do transactions through uh apple pay so (laughs) yeah
0: that's where the money resides so that's where apple is going Mm-hmm. All right. That is it for the lowdown. Now let's head over to second string where we talk all other tech. Um, I saw this on the interwebs and it was, uh, very intriguing. And when I read the headline, I was like, this can't be real. This has to right. be some sort of, uh, you know play on words or Uh, some sort of you know well they're they're leaving a lot out in the middle right (laughs) and i was like um is this really what it is and instagram it's a it's an article that i saw on instagram um but uh, uh where is it
1: i think you put the link to the actual um instagram post yeah, you may have to find the link for the actual story, but it sounds like you know just the the headline itself. And before you before you look it up, I'm just gonna guess and speculate. Okay, that I'm pretty sure there's some sort of signals, there's some sort of uh, readers or uh, metrics that they've implanted in the soil, maybe to where when the spinach grows a certain way or reacts to this certain temperature or reacts to this certain environmental change, those sensors, those readers can fire off a, you know, process, which then emails like the you know the scientist or whoever is looking over that. Hey, something has changed, and this is how they're reacting as a result. Okay. So,
0: so the title, uh, the the image that I saw on Instagram, it looks like some leaves of some mm-hmm. sort, and it says scientists have taught spinach how to send emails. The technology could help warn us about climate change and environmental pollution. So the smarty, smarty engineers over at MIT have found a way to allow um, the spinach plants um to... Uh, to send emails. It's called plant nanobiotics. And what it's currently doing is used to detect underground explosives like landmines. But Ah. the scientists think that they can use this to also detect and warn uh, us of climate change and, and environmental um, different types of environmental pollutions. So what happens is they have, Um, These carbon nanotube technology sensors that Mm -hmm. are on the spinach that um, wirelessly notifies the scientist. So they're thinking that this plant nanobiotics, they can attach these sensors to the plant, The leaves. Yeah, and it can read what's in the soil. And Uh based on what's in the soil, they can then send that data. So not just necessarily, you know, their roots and and what's going on with the plant itself, but also the surrounding, you know, Uh dirt and vegetation and life around it. Um, So anything from, um, it can tell if a drought is coming or if there is some sort of pollutant in the soil. Um, So yeah, so I saw this and I just thought, I was like, this can't, be what yeah. i think it is but it's pretty fascinating that they can even you know have these sensors on live vegetation and mm-hmm. it can read um you know what's going on in not only with the plant itself but What's going on in the surround with the surrounding vegetation as well? So I thought that was something a little bit different on the tech side of things. Um, that just was—it was very interesting.
1: Now I was like, "Hmm, that well, you know, says a lot uh, about
0: where we uh, are and what I guess where we can go with this."
1: Right. Well, you hear about uh, nanotechnology a lot in movies. Mm-hmm. You know, they've used nanotechnology to to you know make people stronger in movies and, you know, to put nanotechnology on insects so they can do, you know, surveillance and, you know, all the stories that you've heard about nano, you think of nano as Ant-Man uses nanotechnology, right? So all of this, you know, tiny, tiny, tiny. So it makes sense that they can, you know, you got computer chips that are small as your fingertips. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense for them to be able to use nanotechnology to apply it to something like this as small as leaves on spinach mm-hmm. that can, uh, fire off all kinds of things. Like internet, it's like, um, IOT basically. Internet of, yeah, internet internet of things, things. yeah. Right. So if you can make it small enough, why not put it on some grass?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was pretty cool. So, uh, all right. So let's go on, um, to the next thing. Um, mm-hmm. We talked last week about um, the upgrades that um, maps um, from uh, that are that comes natively on the um, Apple devices, how they are now kind of, you know, shifting along to how um, Waze does things or you can do like real time reporting, those type of things. Well, it's come um, from Google Maps that you will now be able to pay for parking and other transportation-related um, items through the new features that they have coming up. Um, again, like I said, uh, you can pay parking, you can buy a train ticket right from inside of the Google Maps. So here in Atlanta, back when we could go outside, there's a lot of street parking and most of it mm-hmm. is Park Mobile around Mm -hmm. atlanta and park mobile has its own app which isn't Mm -hmm. great especially when you have to enter in like your uh, license plate and then some places you have to go to the machine some places you can use the Mm -hmm. app it's not very standard um it just depends on what type of you know technology they have at that particular Mm -hmm. place that uses park mobile but um it looks like google maps is going to integrate passport i haven't heard of passport and Park Mobile, um, both um, into the Google Maps. And it's going to um, allow you the ability to find, pay for, and replenish parking meters or parking lot fees through the app. Um, And um, it says that the feature will be available in Google Maps. Um, You just simply tap on on the quote, pay for parking button that appears near you that appears as you near your destination, you know, your meter number, the amount of time you want to pay to park and then tap pay. Um, and if you need more uh, meter time, you can easily go in and extend the parking session with just a few taps. Just another way that they are making things simpler, um, less interaction with, um, other hardware that multiple hundreds and hundreds of people have probably touched and you, especially in the age of COVID, they are giving you that convenience all, um, you know, from your, from your smartphone. And it looks like, um, this is going to be available in over 400 cities in the U S including Boston, Cincinnati, Houston, LA, New York, uh, DC, and more. And um, Android users will get this feature first, which makes sense. Um, and then iPhone owners will
1: soon follow. Well, I was trying to click through my phone mm-hmm. because I thought this is, man, this is a good feature to have uh, because I use Park Mobile all the time as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once it works, if it works right, it works wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, when you can get it to work right, when right. you can get it to work it right. <laughs> but I was actually trying to go through and see if I could do that now with Apple maps. And the reason why I say that is because, um, Apple released it's Apple clips. And what you can do is if you're in an area like a restaurant, you know, I've only got it to work with a restaurant. If you're at a restaurant nearby, you open up Apple maps, you should get another option to visit store or visit shop Mm -hmm. or order food. And even if you don't have the app on your phone, it'll pull up like this mini version of the app will that which will enable you to do basic things like order from a small menu, you know, order drinks order whatever. So I was trying to figure out if, if, there if you had a workaround for that, well, not necessarily workaround. If, if uh, parking, um, was one of the things mobile, that popped or, up that anything that, that popped up and I couldn't find anything, um, specifically, uh, the only one I saw was uh, there's one parking garage down on Peachtree Road in Atlanta that accepts Apple Pay, but it didn't it didn't pop up that that um, pay for parking. That's mm-hmm. what I was thinking. I was hoping that if I search for it and find one, it would say pay for parking here mm-hmm. and then it would open up an app clip to where I could then go through and put give my you know license plate number, give them the car color to car type
0: without having and, to fully know, download or,
1: the app. without I, what, exactly without having to fully download the app so i didn't see any in my particular area so maybe they haven't caught on yet um which that makes sense ain't nobody going nowhere, nowhere. anyway well people are but maybe <laughs> not, not the mass justify, ma- the mass yeah, majority <laughs> to justify rushing to set up your app yeah. clip for your parking you know garage or whatever so but all that to say um, even though this is a dope feature, I can definitely see Apple integrating this soon, if not already, through app clips to where all parking garages or parking companies had to do is load up their location in the app clip and then boom, there you go. But yeah. yeah, this is definitely a feature that once outside opens back up, you know, I will have to switch over to Google Maps to use yeah. if I can quickly, you know, pay for parking without looking goofy. Walking in circles around the car. Yeah. Trying to, trying out
0: to find the, lo- the little, if it doesn't have like the little, if it doesn't automatically find it based on location, you need to get the number of the stall.
1: What, so, what zone is. Yeah, it? yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> but
0: this also works for public transportation. Um, yeah. A, you know, much of the same way. Um, mm-hmm. If you're looking for uh, transit directions or transit location, Um, you'll see an option to purchase tickets um, that appear alongside your results. So if you're looking for a specific, you know, Metro stop or, or something along those lines, you will be able to um, pay for your, your Metro or subway or railway ticket the same way, which is good because using the times that I've had to get on Marta and using their breeze card Mm -hmm. process, it's, Really, the worst.
1: And I'm, and you know, uh, that's the benefit of being in the Apple ecosystem because when they can just when they do it, they control the front and the back, mm-hmm. right? Uh, with Google, it's a little bit more because Google makes Android, but they they only make a couple of phones. Versus you've got Samsung, you've got all these other car the uh, car, all these other phone manufacturers that can make a phone that's compatible with Android, but with Google trying to roll something up, roll something out like this through Google Maps, it's not just easy, it's just implementing. you got to make sure it works with Samsung, with Huawei, with OnePlus, with HTC, with, you know, uh, Huawei, I say Huawei, with, you know, with all All the other
0: manufacturers
1: versus Apple can just be like, boom, we're rolling it out in iOS. We know it's going to work on all the iPhones. It may even work on iPads, depending (sighs) on how mobile you are boom, go about your business. So, you know, there is a way even in Apple Pay, right? Apple wallet right now to where I think I can designate one of my credit cards as the main way I pay for Mm -hmm. transit. So when I go through MARTA, for example, if the station's got to set up, which I highly doubt it, (laughs) you can actually, you know, just wave your phone, get a breeze card and then boom, you don't have to click through and figure out which credit card you're gonna use, yada, yada, yada. But again, like I said, once everything opens back up, you know, again, this goes back to my original point. You know, I want everything on my phone. Yeah. Let me choose, let me set it up ahead of time. But then when I'm out and about, I should just be able to hand you my phone to do anything. To do any and anything. everything, yeah. Yeah,
0: definitely should. But I thought that's a slick new feature. And I think if anything, they should maybe start with their own devices. Maybe they can roll it out with Pixel. So that yeah. way they can say, we rolled out with ours, and that's the Android device.
1: They know And now we're going to give
0: it to everybody else. And so then but, iPhone can kind of roll in with all the other Android devices.
1: Right. But you know. Yeah, Android, I know. Google knows yeah. everybody that uses Android has a Samsung. They have a Galaxy device. Ooh, <laughs> so, for the most part, you, yeah. know, you would you would think that they would have that close of a partnership with Samsung, but they You know, they're still trying to push those pixels out, which I mean, if I was an Android user, I would have a pixel specifically because if I'm going to be in in the the ecosystem, ecosystem, I I want to be all the way in Right. You know,
0: but they love those Samsung devices. So. They're pretty attached to those. They're pretty, they're more attached to the device and the ecosystem. And I think that's right. where and it falters a lot when it comes to issues with the device and how people, like I have a cousin who he's uh, an Android Samsung stand. And every time, you know, Apple comes out with something new, he'll send me an IG or send me a text. Right. We already had this five years ago. And I'm like, yeah, but it wasn't really great.
1: Right, right. So, you know, yeah. I think
0: there are people who are, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you're so tied to, to iPhone. I'm like, no, it's not one specific device. It's the ecosystem because right. I have a laptop, I have the AirPods, I have, you know, the keyboards, the mouse, you know, the phone, you know, the pen, all of the things. And all of it works so seamlessly together. Mm-hmm. Like what I'm doing on one device, it is essentially the same thing I'm doing on all of them right so, yep. yeah
1: but samsung did their job yeah and they, they cornered they the market okay right exactly and now you know so google has to deal with that yeah so we'll again all that to say you know to see uh since a lot of people even iphone users use google maps then i guess you know they can roll it out to a larger swath of people you know and see how it works yeah. because there are a lot of iphone users who use google Maps. probably most yeah. iphone users use google, google maps. maps so you know, I I don't think they really have to test it all that much because they know people are going to use it extensively. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And that doing it on iOS is probably honestly going to be one of the more simpler things for them. Mm -hmm. So, all right. All right. Um, the last thing that we have in second string, um, you know, Terrence and I have harped and harped on having complex passwords, password managers. We both use LastPass and, you know, have saying its praises. So we both have premium accounts, so we pay for them. But for those of you who use LastPass but use the free version, a change is a coming and mm-hmm. you need to prepare for it. So now um coming as of March 16th, 2020, LastPass is going to start restricting the free access meaning you can only have LastPass on one device. You're going to have to choose whether you want LastPass on your tablet, on your phone, or on your laptop. Can't have Mm -hmm. all of them anymore. You can only Mm -hmm. pick one. And that's starting uh, March uh, 16th of this year. So essentially, you will have, I think, uh, three different times to switch your active type. So I guess they're giving you the option To try it on your phone, to try it on your tablet, to try it on your laptop, to see which one you prefer. But on that third chance, whatever you're using, it's going to lock it in on that device if you use the free version. And if you want to use it on multiple devices, of course, you'll have to upgrade to the premium version.
1: And I mean... Who didn't see this coming? I mean, there are a lot of free things that we use on a regular basis that these companies are going to start charging us for. LastPass being one of them, as important a tool or function it is, sooner or later, you are going to have to pay for it. So I don't even see a major issue. The only issue that I see is they should have did this earlier. Mm -hmm. So people, you know, their user base wasn't, wasn't as huge, yeah. so they could probably get this over faster with with less headache than waiting until they've got this large, large section of users and then try to roll this out. You know, um, I, I'll be Negro Domus here and say soon, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok are eventually... And WhatsApp and Signal and Telegram and all of these apps.
0: They're going to have a paid version. They're going to
1: probably keep their free tier and then they're
0: going to have the paid tier.
1: Because what you're finding out is they started one way. Mm -hmm. And the way we use technology, not not necessarily technology, the way we use it has evolved Mm -hmm. so fast that when they when Twitter first started. I'm pretty sure they never imagined we use it the way we're using it right now, but that comes with challenges. You know, you're talking about, especially with the stuff that's happening with free speech versus, you know, um, um, you know politics and how politicians and you know how the political game is ran through social media. They never, probably, never expected that to happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll get off my my tangent here and just say that, you know, technology is evolving so fast and we're using it for everything now to where I wouldn't trust I'm getting to the point to where I wouldn't trust a app or a service that's free because my thing is all right, if it's free, what am I losing? What am I giving up? Mm-hmm. What am I sacrificing by using this free app, especially something as as important as a password manager? Yeah. It's like if you ain't got if if it's just super free, I'm either waiting for the other shoe to drop <laughs> I'm giving up something. Yeah. I'm giving up data. I'm giving up something. I'm losing less security, less something. I would much rather pay to use LastPass to if that. And was it like
0: forty bucks or something like that? Uh, it's not even that expensive. It's I don't like, even know how
1: much it costs, but it's not yeah, expensive. It's, it's at like all. twelve, twelve, fourteen dollars a year, something like that. But like I said, I would much rather that money go to you beefing up your security. You know, you you know, research and development, whatever you say you need it for. I'd much rather pay for something as sensitive and as important as this versus being upset that, oh, this thing that I've used for years and years and years is now free and I don't want to use it no more. Eventually we'll get there yeah. you know, with some of the other um, popular services as well. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. All right. That is it for second string. Let's head on over to For the Culture. And as we are in Black History Month, we are going to kick off our For the Culture segment with Teching While Black. And in honor of Black History Month, this week, we are going to highlight Tope Awanatana. Tope I hope Awatana. Awatana. Yeah,
1: I think that's Tope how
0: you pronounce it. Awatana.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um and he is the founder and CEO of Calendly. Um I believe we talked about him a few weeks ago um uh-huh. regarding um the big news that um his company um which is a cloud-based uh calendar scheduling system um ha- got a a, comp- a new company valuation of more than 3 billion dollars this is a founder who is based in atlanta and basically bootstrapped um the company um by uh raising seed funding in 2014 from atlanta ventures so essentially um he started this you know he he had his he took his 401k and invested his 401k in the company um and then one i think uh I'll link the article um, in into the show notes but he was trying to get people to invest in his company and mm-hmm. as we've mentioned before there are so many black founders who cannot get startup money and mm-hmm. one of the things that he mentioned in the article was that he had a working product it was in production and he had a customer base who was actually using it and he still was getting rejected for, um, for startup money. He couldn't, he couldn't get it. And he said the only thing he could think of is because he was black that he couldn't get that startup money. Because as we know, there are people can go in with a sticky note and say, here is my idea and get, you know, money just thrown at them. Um, but I think it probably ultimately worked out better for him since he now owns the majority stake in his company. So, you know, the initial, you know, uh, hardship, the initial, you know, I'm sure frustration with trying to raise money for, uh, an application that was popular and working, um, and had a customer base and is, you know, was one of the fastest, um, rising usage of, of an, of, of software, um, that he still couldn't, you know, get money, um, invested in the company. I think, you know, it, it, it ultimately worked out best for him in that instance because he was able to get that $3 billion validation, uh, valuation and, his company is only the fourth U.S. company with a Black founder at the head to be valued over a billion dollars. So he is our teching while Black spotlight
1: of this week. And just a note, um, do some research. If you are interested in investing in a company or a anything, You know, you can use your 401k. There are ways that you can use your 401k. A lot of people think of their 401k, whether it be corporate owned for the job that they work for, or it's, you know, invested through like a broker like TD Ameritrade to where you can only invest in the stock market. That's not the case. You can, there are companies, there are processes out there that will let you use your current 401k. Of course you can't take the profits and use it early. You still got to wait till you retire to use that. But, you know, if you are, you're not sure about the stock market or you think you could be making more money on your 401k than the stock market and investing, you can invest it in anything like startup companies, you know, so if you feel like you could be doing more to help the black startup community, black tech community, but you don't feel like you have the money because of course you got to save and you got to this well, you've got this money set aside on a 401k that you're not using and it may be making some money, but if you can figure out a better way to either a make more money or invest it in something that you believe in, you know, you definitely can do that. So that's all that. That's kind of like the thing I wanted to, to mention because you've mentioned that he used his 401k mm-hmm. to start the company. So that just, you know, light off went in my head to where, you know, uh, we as an, um, uh, you know, African-Americans and also black techies and then black techies who are looking to start up and, you know, don't have that story of, well, my family didn't give me a hundred thousand dollars, $200,000, you know, because they didn't literally did not have the money. Mm-hmm. Well, there are some of us out there who do have the money. It's just tied up and we don't know how to use that money to donate to causes like this. You can do it. So do some research on, you know, self-directed IRAs do your research to where if there's a company or a family member or a cause you believe in, there'd be some ways you might be able to help out.
0: And with, I know, uh, earlier in COVID, I don't know if the um, exceptions have been removed, but when COVID was, you know, at peak, they, um, they were allowing you to, some companies were allowing you to take your 401k, um, without penalties. So Look and see what's available with your current setup and see what you can possibly do um, because there, they're, like Terrence mentioned, there are options that you can participate in. Yep. All right. All right. Uh, let's head on over to the real for the culture. This is actually, <laughs> you know, some positive news this week. Um, it's a little, we'll, we'll catch up with, Triple G as as Terence called it a gorilla glue girl. In the Blue girl. Um, we talked about Tesca Brown I don't know if it was last week or the week before, and that is the um, the woman from Louisiana who used um, gorilla glue to lay her edges and slick down her ponytail um, and had her hair become essentially a hard hat for a month um. And we talked about all the trials that she went through. She couldn't wash it out. And again, they said that the water acts like a sealant for Gorilla Glue. So every time she washed mm-hmm. it, it made it worse. Then she went to the emergency room. They said they could do it, but it would take 20 hours. She to wait at the hospital 20 hours. She asked she could do it at home. They gave her the stuff. She went home, had her sister it try hurt. and do it. That didn't work. Mm-hmm. So she actually finally got some help from a Hollywood plastic surgeon Dr. Michael Obang, hope I pronounce that correctly. And he was able to remove the glue from her hair pro bono.
1: And she didn't lose all her hair. Right. So that was the thing, you know, my speculation was they were going to have to shave her bald. Mm-hmm. And even a step further, they may have to skin remove grafts. some of her skin, mm-hmm. and sc- skin grafts to grow all that back. So, you know, like Nick is alluding to, he was able to do it for free and without losing any of her current hair. Now, I think uh she got her pony I think she had a long she
0: had a ponytail. So her sister was able to cut the ponytail off finally, because right. that wasn't all the way on the scalp, but it was kind mm-hmm. of the back. But it was still hard to get it off. She was like sawing that thing off like a like a piece of wood. But they were finally able to get the ponytail portion of it, but the hair that she had remaining was still um, slicked On the top of her head. Yeah. It was like a hard hat. It it wasn't going anywhere. Um, So she was able to go and he was able to get the glue out. He used a combination of acetone, I believe, um, adhesive remover, I want to say tea tree oil, and olive oil? And like sailing, don't quote me 100% on those because I'm kind of going off memory of something I think I read that he said. Um, But he was able to get it off and she was able to keep the remaining hair, you know, on her head. You know, of course, I'm sure some of it came out. But for the most part, she was able to keep it. Me personally, I probably still would have gotten it shaved off and gotten my scalp looked at, um, you know, just to be safe. It's just hair. Hair grows. Mm -hmm. It will go back.
1: So obviously (laughs) it's not because um, when I saw the video of her after she came out from anesthesia Mm -hmm. and she still has stuff connected to her, but she's rubbing her hands through her and people on podcasts who are listening. You just have to imagine me running my hair through my non-existent hair anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, She was saying that I wish... I would have came to you before she before cut her I got my ponytail my ponytail cut off, and I was like, "Girl, this dude has just performed a literal miracle on the top of my head." A twelve thousand dollar surgery for, for free, for free, and the only thing the first thing out of the your first mouth thing was, "I wish I would have came to you before I had my ponytail cut off." So, all that to say, you know, uh, with her specifically, but I think in general, I think hair less than before, I still think that is serious business. When you're talking about women in general, um, for good or for bad, you know, I know, you know, what hair represents. Mm -hmm. I know, you know, I'm familiar with what it stands for. I'm familiar, you know, with the, with all the things, our crown and glory. Right. Right. But again, I agree with you. If it was me, I'd be like, I don't trust.
0: I don't trust that none of this, this. stuff.
1: Did, did not damage my brain, so let's just start over. Let's just shave it off. Let me go um,
0: to uh, get me uh, what do you call a it, a
1: uh, or somebody?
0: What do you call it when you go on the tube, the MRI or something?
1: Yeah, I, right, I, I
0: need right. all the tests. I need to right. see what's going on underneath the scalp, and right. I would want my scalp checked to make sure there aren't any lesions or, or any type of. Or- Poison or toxins? Yeah, I know. I need a full workup and a full check out. But based on, you know, that comment that you mentioned that she made, and then she posted some pictures because she got it done in LA. She posted pictures with the Mercedes Benz. um, And...
1: uh, I didn't see those. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And -hmm. then someone was like, anybody can run a Benz in in LA for like $150. Oh, so that was just
1: the issue. It was a rental. Oh, no.
0: She- I d- no that that's what someone wow. on else on Twitter commented saying oh, okay. it's not just saying that she went out and bought a brand new Benz. Oh, okay. But based on, you know, post surgery, you know, she has a full-blown management team now. That's a manager, okay. agent. She has a full team. She's selling merch, t-shirts, sweatshirts, sweatpants, and she basically Said on her social media that she's made like a small fortune. Um, And fortunately for her, I have to give, I do have to give her props on this. The money that she raised in the GoFundMe, I think it was like $23,000 or something like that. Mm -hmm. She's Mm -hmm. donating $20,000 of that to a nonprofit called Restoration Foundation, which is actually founded by the doctor who performed the surgery for pro bono. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I definitely, you know, you have to, you know, give credit where credit is due because she could have kept that money. She didn't Mm -hmm. have to give it back. But um, I think she, you know, had some sort of foresight to see how it could be viewed uh, because people are already saying, see what she did with y'all go fund me money. when the, she posted a picture of the, of the bins, she buying bins with y'all money, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you can't mm-hmm. buy a no real Mercedes Benz mm-hmm. for $20,000, but I digress. But she is keeping some of the money because she did incur some costs from when she had to go to the emergency room, which that's makes fair. sense. And that's, that's fair. fair. Um, And the doctor himself, who's getting a lot of publicity, which is is good. I hope that definitely helps his business. He is now planning to market and sell the solution that he
1: used to get the glue out of her hair. Which uh, can't knock the hustle. Um, um, For the life of me, I can't figure out why such a thing exists, but obviously it does. So somebody might as well capitalize off of it and figure out how to sell it because there are people out there Well, they who, are already doing the gorilla glue, glue challenge. Right. Right. You know, the guy who, you know, Did his lip. uh, yeah, his lip to the, 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 the solo cup mm-hmm. and he's in the emergency room. So obviously, and another girl, mark- uh,
0: another person, I'm not sure if the person is a girl or a boy, so I don't want to misgender them, but another person put the glue in their hair. Um, mm. uh, uh, I want to say white they they appear white i don't you know i don't want to miss you know give anyone the wrong race but the person appeared to be white and they put the glue in their hair as well and then was like it won't actually come out i can't believe it i guess i'm gonna have to start a gofundme or something but oh, I, you're not getting the same sympathy that she got, friend. Sorry.
1: Right. Well, now there's a new uh, product out there that you can be a beta tester for, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. Well, see, uh, well it,
0: it did. Apparently, it did work because it got it out of her hair. I'm not sure, you know, if he'll have to. I'm. Um, of course, he will have to adjust the proportions and the sizing and all those things. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, he did do it for free. I don't think he did it to you know, have ulterior motives, maybe did, maybe didn't. I don't think so.
1: It's hard to tell. I don't put nothing past (laughs) nobody, right? Because this Dr. Obeying, you know, um, you know, of course the ladies, you know, commented on his, you know, attractiveness and they were able to find some nice headshot type images that they've used for him you know so me you know looking too much into it (laughs) as a as a as a negative you know who knows maybe he saw her and was like cha-ching you know i will do the 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 surgery or the procedure pro bono in the back of his mind thinking all right if this works then I can, you know, get my hustle game. Together I can be where
0: the money resides.
1: Right, right. I mean, <laughs> can't knock your hustle, no. right? Even with, even with uh, Teska Brown, uh, uh, Triple G, right? <laughs> um, she's now, according to you know your notes here, and I did some research. Um, she is shared a video from her official website selling merch. Mm-hmm. The merch includes various t-shirts, hoodies,
0: sweatpants, sweatpants yep.
1: priced from $28 to $50, uh different colors. And the phrase that she has on the merchandise says bonded for life. So I mean Yeah, as that's much that's as... how she was
0: able to give away the money for the GoFundMe because she said she, you know, was making a small fortune. So her 15 minutes, she's gonna try and drag that 15 out.
1: And, uh, figure out a new, you know, income stream. You know, they always say have multiple streams of revenue. So as much as I would, would judge and, you know, wag my finger at somebody putting themselves through bodily harm for the sake of, you know, better life, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, what can you say? I mean, you know, she could very well, you know, go away, you know, uh, go back to her regular life Mm -hmm. or, you know. Well, she had a uh, daycare,
0: I think. And I don't know. I if I don't have children, I've never had children, Uh, but I personally probably would be a bit skeptical to let someone watch my child. Thought I, have that removed gorilla my
1: kids, I have removed my kids from daycares for less. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm i pretty sure, yeah, her business took a hit. So, you know, uh, she had to figure out another way to make money, income after this. You got to think in the future. People are willing to give you money. You know, you, you recognize how easy it is to start a business. You know, it's not easy, easy, but it's the process is smaller from when, you know, our parents, yeah. you know, were... You know, you could it, it you could make money in a weekend. You know, putting up a website, yeah. you know, selling stuff that people want. So, I mean, do your thing. You know, yeah. I hope you can sleep well at night. I guess at the at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, but you know, some people's moral compass is a lot lower than others. So, you know, sometimes they don't have problem with doing certain types of things. But, you know, I hope it works out and she's able to make enough money um, and maybe possibly find another career because teaching is probably going to be pretty hard. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Going forward. All right. That is it uh, in for the culture. Let's head on over to the hookup. What do you have for us this week for
1: the tech? All right, so uh, I am the IT guy of the family and of extended friends. So um, I frequently send people screenshots and I also do video capture when I want to walk somebody through how to do something on their iPhone. Uh, Normally what I have to do is when I send the video capture of the process in the message or in the caption, I'll say you know, open this, tap that, do this, do that, do this, do that. So I'll kind of visually walk them through the steps via the the text that I type. And then visually, I will, you know, do the screen capture of me actually doing the steps so they can see it visually and follow the steps on video. Well, the cool thing that I found out is you can also add um, voiceover to your screen recordings, and the way you do that is you would activate the screen recording like you would normally do. So, you know, you drag down from the top right of your phone to reveal the control center. And then in the control center, there is a button to stop your start your screen recording. If you don't have that button, you go into the settings, you go to control center, and you make sure you turn on or enable the button to start your screen capture. Once you do that and start the screen capture, you'll see the countdown three, two, one, like it's now recording. And if you press and hold the screen recording button a little bit longer, it'll give you the option to change the destination where you want the screen capture to go. So if you want to send it to somebody in Facebook, if you want to send it to somebody via text message or email, you can do that. But it also gives you the option to turn on the microphone. And if you press that option to turn on the microphone, you can actually talk them through while you're actually tapping the screens to do the screen recording. So that saves me a lot of time You know, if I want to do a screen recording, instead of me typing out all the steps at the bottom of the caption before I send it off, Mm -hmm. I could turn on the microphone and say, and you can hear me saying, okay, open up the settings, tap control center, make sure you got the screen recording button turned on. Once you got it turned on, you know, close the app, you know, you can do all that talking while you're actually touching it. So they get video and audio of your screen recording. So that is my hookup for the week you know, you can definitely add voiceovers to your iOS screen recordings.
0: Nice. All right, and that is our show for this week. Definitely download, rate, and review us. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also hit us up on social media, Um, on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. We're at SnobOSCast everywhere. You can also watch us on our YouTube channel at Cast. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. Additionally, if you want to leave comments or suggestions or just send us a little shout out, you can do that via our website, SnobOSCast.com or you can send us an email at SnobOSCast at gmail.com. Again, if you want to become a patreon you can support the show by going to patreon.com slash and for five dollars a month you can get access to the pre-show content access to our live show taping as well as access to our live chat community um also if you don't want to necessarily become a monthly patreon you can also send us a little love offering over at paypal we are at paypal.me snobos snob os and i think that's it for this week we'll see you next week bye everybody
1: peace